Betfred has come all the way from England to the great state of Iowa with over 50 years of sports betting experience. Fred is known in the UK for three things, customer service, bonuses, and delivering the best overall experience to players. Need more? Download the Betfred Sports app today and receive up to $250 in free bets when signing up. No emperors, no movie stars, just a sports book you can trust. Download today. Proud partner of the Iowa Wild and Iowa Cubs. Must be 21 plus. Wagers only accepted in Iowa. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-BETS-OFF. It's playoff time. Big stakes and even bigger promotions. It's time to hammer the over and score some cash. DraftKings Sportsbook is giving you a chance to lower the over-under on a featured playoff game. All players who bet the featured basketball game will have a hand in lowering the over-under on the game. That's right. For every 1,500 players who bet the over in a select game, the over-under will drop by one point. Every better who hammers the over in a featured game helps lower the game's over-under. The best part is, even if even as the line lowers, the odds remain at even money. That's right. You can double your money by hammering the over. DraftKings is safe, secure, and reliable, so you can deposit and withdraw your funds at your convenience. Download the top-rated DraftKings Sportsbook app now and use promo code THPN when you sign up to hammer the over. For every 1,500 people that bet the over on the featured game, the line will decrease by one point. Yes, this is your chance to improve the odds of hit of overhitting, so tell your friends and family this is a team effort. Hammer the over and improve your odds of doubling your money. That's promo code THPN for a limited time only at DraftKings Sportsbook. Must be 21 or older, New Jersey, Indiana, Pennsylvania only. Restrictions apply. Max $25 wager. One per customer. Offer ends May 23rd, 2021. See DraftKings.com sportsbook for details. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER or in Indiana, 1-800-9-WITH-IT. Hello and welcome everyone to another edition of Game Over, a show within a show where we take a look at each and every NHL team and we say goodbye, game over, so long as the song and the sound of music once said. So I have told I told everyone last time we did this we were going to move up to the Great White North, but real world has gotten in the way. So what we're going to do is that we're going to take a detour and head Due West! We're going West, everyone, to a team that we were going to get to here in a little bit, but not surprising we, we got here. This team was originally founded in 1926, but officially became their real name in, if I'm seeing this correctly, 1933 or 1932. They were previously known as the Detroit Cougars, the Detroit Falcons. Wonder why that didn't take off. They play out of the Pizza Pizza Dome. They have 11 Stanley Cups to their names. 2008, their most recent 23 Stanley Cup final appearances, the most here in the States. Retired names such as Rod Kelly, Nick Lidstrom, Ted Lindsay, Gordie Howe, Steve Yeiserman. Ladies and gentlemen, I present to you the Detroit Red Wings. And joining me is Red Wings Rant, Matt of Red Wings Rant joining me. Matt, welcome aboard. Thank you for joining me. Hey, thanks for having me. I, uh, I've been turning in 
you know, just to kind of give the the intro here, everybody's probably wondered why I'm smiling, but, uh, you know, you go through the, uh, I I guess the record books of the Red Wings, that's where uh, I get to, I get to rest my head, you know, like I still get to kind of go, all right, we're, we're pretty terrible right now, but we've had our time. We we had those years, (laughs) years. Uh, decades of uh, you know dominance. So it's, it always uh, warms my heart to be reminded. Yeah, we all remember the Russian dynasties of the 2000s and the 90s as well. So yeah, you're right. Detroit's had their time in the light, and um, sadly, this uh, th- this is all part of the hockey process. So let us all start with. Yeah. So let's start with, as the kids would say. What happened? What went wrong with the Detroit Red Wings this season? Well, see, it's it's hard to say things went wrong this year because they went wrong, you know, two years ago, three years ago, four, five, in the Ken Holland era. Why a guy, a, a GM, who will be inducted into the Hall of Fame, how, how does he, or, or wait, did that already happen? Anyway, I don't think so. Not how, yet. How does, how does a guy like that get run out of town? But um, you know, really, it was it was years of too much loyalty uh, to the wrong guys, and put us in this uh, predicament of uh, like sustained mediocrity. And what that does is it, it has you selling off draft picks, prospects to make it uh, to the playoffs, to try and be relevant uh, for just that little smidge longer. And uh, the bad contracts prevent you from taking huge dives and making it impossible for for uh, free agents to say uh, no to any of your contract offers. And all that combined just turned into this big mess that, uh, yeah, like I said, I mean, a, a, a Hall of Fame GM gets run out of town because of uh, continued decisions and, and probably, you know, deeper conversation is what's wrong with, uh, with the NHL and how, you know, these uh, coaches, GMs, uh, even players are, are managed, um, you know, with, with pretty short leashes kind of thing. Um, so it, it, it definitely brings up uh, some thoughts that I'm sure would be safe for another podcast episode um, <laughs> on, on the inner workings of the NHL yeah. and why a GM would, uh, would actually be playing to just keep making it to the playoffs rather than tanking earlier. Um, but like I said, a conversation for another day. But ultimately, when, uh, you know, go back to answering your question, what happened this year is, um, you know, you can take a look uh, at, at all the talking heads that are uh, Red Wings pundits and uh, any of our local media. And the conversation has turned into we've improved year over year. Uh, and that's coming off of one of the worst NHL seasons of all time. So it was pretty hard for us to dive a little bit deeper so it's good to see we at least did improve and uh, i mean yeah we're talking about a win percentage going from 250 to now in the in the 400s and you know we, we actually uh we finished off the second half of the season right at uh one game or no no you know what we we're right at 500 uh off the top of my head there <laughs> so yeah by, by all accounts it's something like this season would have looked completely different if the Red Wings started the season at 500, and then of course that would have put us uh, probably closer to like that Chicago Blackhawks conversation where everybody was trying to figure out, well, how the heck are they in playoff contention with this, you know, or, or like in contention for a playoff spot with this crappy team? 
And, uh, you know, it's just, it, it probably serves us better, too, as Red Wings fans, that we did start off so terribly and kind of work our way into a 500 finish. So all that wrapped together, it finished off nice. Uh, it is an improvement over last season. Uh, and, and everything that happens from here on out, we feel like we're just going to continue to go up. And, um, I, I, you know... Betfred has come all the way from England to the great state of Iowa with over 50 years of sports betting experience. Fred is known in the UK for three things, customer service, bonuses, and delivering the best overall experience to players. Need more? Download the Betfred Sports app today and receive up to $250 in free bets when signing up. No emperors, no movie stars, just a sports book you can trust. Download today. Proud partner of the Iowa Wild and Iowa Cubs. Must be 21 plus. Wagers only accepted in Iowa. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-BETS-OFF. Oh, sit here. Thanks. Hey, I saw you give up your seat for the woman with the oxygen tank. Another way to show her your good side? Donate at Griffles Plasma, because she also relies on plasma-based medicines. Find a center at grifflesplasma.com. You can receive up to $800 this month. I've been saying with some of the other guest spots on different shows um, that my brother and I, other Red Wings podcasts, we have we have the easiest job in the world right now as, as podcast hosts, because the expectations are in the basement. Uh, so anything we do to just look up the stairs from the basement is positive. Anytime we can look up and see the light, <laughs> you know, at the top basement door, uh, we're happy. So we don't have to worry about, oh, my gosh, we turned the puck over in the third period, and that's why we lost the game. We don't have to worry about a bad call by the ref. Uh, you know, we don't have to worry about Tom Wilson knocking any of our guys' heads off. Huh. Just, we, we just skate on through. We just yeah. uh, hope that we don't look worse than the year before, and, and we accomplish that. So long, long-winded answer, very loaded question, but uh, I think I think that wraps a bow on at least um, macro level what happened this year. And, and, and if you want a more in-depth of to what happened, we'll give you a chance at the end of the show. Please check out their, their podcast as well, as I'm sure they'll have plenty to talk about over the offseason about what has happened. And, and you're right. I mean, you're in a very top-heavy division. And, you know, to go from 250 to 400, in, in, in the words of Mon- C. Montgomery Burns, that's a good thing. Eh? <laughs> So exactly, yeah. So and yeah, you 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 laugh to avoid from crying sometimes. So we will move on to Cthulhu comes a calling. So right. what what player is going to be left out on the sidewalk when the expansion draft happens here in a few weeks? Who do you see is left unprotected? No, if if nothing changes, um. What we're looking at is a situation of, of it probably being Evgeny Svechnikov. And um, the reason that's going to be awesome for uh, Seattle, and I'll, I'll throw out, you know, there's names like uh, Franz Nielsen would be available. Uh, the idea that we actually traded for uh, Richard Panic and the Anthony Mantha, Jakob Verana trade was, was former to Hershey Bear. another guy that we could expose. What was that? Former Hershey Bear, Jacob Verana. Exactly. Yeah, I, I was glad that you pointed that out when that yep. first happened. Um, mm-hmm. But yeah, so that that trade goes down. We have guys that'll be that'll be out there, but um, you know, uh, Sveshnikov is is probably the easy answer because he's got the most upside. He's a young guy when he when he first started this year and he didn't get to play a full season. Uh, he came in really hot and he still finished the season as one of the top points per sixty guys. Um, you know. I, I, 
he had limited ice time. His line mates, awful. Uh, but he, he turned, you know, a, a bottom six line into something that actually worked out for the Red Wings. And when you start to try and connect dots, like, all right, the Red Wings are terrible, but then I can sit here and tell you that we finished the second half of the season at 500. How the heck does that happen? Well, it's because Svechnikov got entered into the lineup. The timing was perfect, and he scored a couple of goals uh, right at the start. And, uh, you know, at least at least even things out uh, where – this Red Wing lineup, uh, depleted by injuries, depleted by COVID uh, all season, he at least brought something to where it wasn't just this, let's hold our breath till the first line comes back out. And uh, he, like I said, balance is probably the key word there because I don't foresee an elite forward, but I do foresee something where we're having those similar conversations that uh, were had when, when the Colton Knights wrapped up their first season and were trying to figure out, like, what's the formula? What was that chemistry formula that... Uh, the Golden Knights brought in all these guys as an expansion team, and all of a sudden they're making it to the Stanley Cup Finals. I feel like Sveshnikov is, is one of those guys that, um, with, I mean, he's he's got a fantastic shot. Uh, and, of course, uh, you know, we throw out there Carolina Hurricanes, uh, Andre Sveshnikov's uh, brothers, yep. Guinea Sveshnikov is. Mm-hmm. Um, and, I mean, he comes with the same sort of weight that he carries himself with he he can control the puck with his body and um yeah ultimately this is a guy that has a good eye for the ice i mean he he is a smart hockey player it's just the things that held him back from getting a real shot with detroit this is probably going to help seattle and why he'll he'll be exposed over uh somebody else as, as injuries got in the way uh we didn't really get to try him out as fully as is probably a team and as a Red Wings fan, we would have liked. And, yeah, this will just, this will just result in, in a guy moving over to Seattle, probably getting a great chance. And even if it's, you know, middle six or lower, um, that's a guy that found success with, again, like, uh, a, a, <laughs> I don't, I don't want to get your episode labeled as explicit, so I'll just say mm-hmm. the dog crap, you yeah. know, of the league. Plays with the dog crap of the league, yeah. and he still is able to produce. So that, that to me, is huge. And, you know, for anybody that is like a huge uh, analytics fan, I mean, he carried with him for his first tenure with Detroit this season, uh, and th- this is through a good chunk of uh, like six or eight games. I mean, he was carrying a, f- a five uh, points per 60, which is, you know, that would have led the league. <laughs> um, it, it's just one of those things. Like, if he shows flashes, there's got to be a way to unlock that for the rest of the season. Uh, maybe not unlock of, you know, five whatever points per 60 but to to make him fit in that that top six so there there's there's that answer but i i would say everybody watch out for uh for steve eisman around the expansion draft because um without anybody asking him in his latest press conference he made mention of how many moves he's anticipating around the expansion draft all the extra salary cap the wings have guys that we have available now could be moved to give another team and uh, you know someone to, to leave exposed, and of course uh, we'll we'll take on the bad contracts now for draft picks. So uh, this this could just turn into another opportunity for Steve Eiserman to rake in a bunch of draft picks. So the 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 more interesting thing as a Red Wings fan will be what happens once uh, once everybody realizes that oh no my favorite prospect is going to have to be exposed. Uh, how do I protect this guy? Well. Steve Eiserman's got guys to, to hand over so that uh, so that you don't have to expose the guys you don't want to. So it's pretty interesting, pretty pretty fun to think about. 
Yeah, and and I, I brought this up to uh, the Buffalo and and Devils guys as well um, that you could also see some of these teams that could look to unload a bad contract and then just swap it for draft picks later on. I mean, Vegas did a ton of those during their expansion. So, um, speaking of the draft, um, what is what are the Red Wings going to be looking for? The previous two teams I've heard forwards. Is that the same? direction or maybe goaltender i geez if we're talking throughout the entire draft my my thing is always draft a couple of goalies in the middle to late rounds never draft a goalie in the first round okay um i i i hope that jesper just stays you know available to everybody else i i've seen a lot of people say that the red wings are are going to go in that direction but for me i think it's just best available and again, I cross my fingers that the Red Wings see how fickle goaltending can be, and that best available won't mean a goaltender. Uh, but it's it's one of those things. There's so many holes, and we see even the best goalies have bad years. So that's where I'd say just whatever's whatever's best available at the, at that spot, and avoid the goaltenders. I I'm a huge fan of Owen Powers. I mean, as somebody. I'm a Red Wings fan. I'm in Michigan, so we're just surrounded by uh, Michigan hockey. So this is just right. kind of something that anybody you take from that Michigan team seems like it's gonna it's gonna do well. I think the chances of that have severely decreased uh, for the Red Wings of us grabbing Owen Power because uh, you know as as much as we love like Delbert prospects and elite prospects, it's Bob McKenzie I think listed in him as number one. So it's a pretty good chance that he'll be gone at number one. <laughs> 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 it's kind of a kiss of death. Um, but yeah, I, I would say, um, I would say top to bottom, um, it, it's, it's just gotta be, it's just gotta be whoever the best available at, at that spot is. I, I don't know, like you mentioned, who else, who, the, the other teams you talk to, I, I think the Red Wings, uh, you know, in the last free agency uh, period, they, they prove that they're, they're not ready to take a big shot on all their prospects. And we picked up guys like Bobby Ryan uh, because we were just trying to ice a team. Those are the exact words from Steve Eiserman. And uh, I, I, I think that those words lend to the fact that Steve isn't quite ready to show all of his cards. Like, let's say we have a prospect that we can still kind of shelter a little bit. Could be trade bait later. We see like the, the defensive core that Eiserman built in Tampa Bay was built off of trading a lot of defensemen uh, that he drafted and then brings over guys that are, you know, uh, maybe maybe a smidge better. But regardless, it fit with the chemistry of Tampa, and then they go on and win a cup with that defensive core. So I think I think there's an element to that where Steve Eiserman can hold on to potential. And, and the more that he, again, keeps those cards hidden, uh, the better it will be for him to kind of sell it with his eyes when he, when he moves forward. Uh, but the reason I bring that up is just to say – if he thought these prospects were locked and loaded, I think we'd see bigger moves than, well, like John Merrill signing was impressive. Bobby Ryan was impressive. You get a guy, you know, you get a contract that makes sense. You can move it at the trade deadline. It's too bad that Bobby Ryan got hurt, but you make those moves like that and you're not bringing in your own prospects. So there's something there that Steve hasn't, you know, like he wasn't ready to, to hit the go button kind of thing. If that, if that makes sense. Right. So it does. I'm, I'm at least connecting dots there of maybe I'm overthinking it, 
But if he really did see a lot in these prospects and he was ready to move forward, I feel like that's where yeah, a bigger signing happens. than uh, And again, John Merrill, impressive signing. The return for the trade for John Merrill, mwah, you know, <laughs> chef's kiss. Yep. However, you know, it wasn't, wasn't a signing that was going to turn us into a uh, playoff contender. So that's, that's kind of where you kind of weigh that. that. And you, you look at those signings, you go, that is a smart signing. That's because we're all aware of where the Red Wings sit. So long story short, I don't think we have a ton in our prospect pool. I think we have a lot of pro- prospects. We need to develop quite a bit of them. And I think that's where we fall in this, this spot of whatever's the best available. Again, my own opinion, please don't be a goalie. Uh, just go, just go ahead and draft that. Yeah, I, I, uh, I watched Stevie build a really good prospect armada down there in, uh, in actually up there in Syracuse, and uh, I know for a period of five or six years, Grand Rapids was really good, and um, you know guys like uh, Zadina, if I say say these names right, came up through the system to Detroit. Unfortunately, a lot of those were Ken Holland's picks and never really really went anywhere in the long term so now we're going to turn to october and give the red wings fans a reason to be optimistic heading into october it's you know it's as easy as saying the name Moritz cider uh this is a kid that just won elite prospects uh award for a defenseman and, I mean, he's the, he's the youngest kid that was just playing in the SHL. Uh, we, we have some of our, our Red Wings fans in the analytics community. Um, I, I'd give a shout-out to Shant Dyer, who is um, – man, the man's a genius. Uh, full-time, full-time doctor. And in his spare time, he does analytics work <laughs> for uh, a Red Wings fan site. It's just incredible. <laughs> but he graphs out these pages. You, know, you, you get, the, like, those splits of, like, what somebody is doing on the offensive side, what somebody's doing on the defensive side. And you get this this line, right? Uh, of most players are like right in the middle of this graph. And just for the sake of me not having the numbers but explaining it, I mean, Moritz Sider is literally the definition of being off the chart in this thing. And, uh, you know, going back to his draft year, I, I still remember the hush in the crowd. I, I remember hearing some gasps when Moritz Sider was drafted. Um, but, man, they, they saw something, and he wants to prove something. Uh, he's taking guys' heads off. He's passing the puck like nobody's business. Um, I just, th- this is the kind of thing that uh, you, you look at, like, what did Tampa Bay build themselves with? I mean, obviously, you can't, you can't, you can't just pick up a Kucherov wherever. Um, and, and I'm not, not to say that you can pick up a Victor Hedman wherever, but I'm just, I guess the point I'm coming to is, you, I am looking for a Victor Hedman first before I'm looking for a Kucherov. Right. And this could be, th- this, this cat is that good. And we get to see him for the first time coming up. Uh, I just, any, any league he's played in, especially most recently playing in the SHL where he's playing with guys, you know, of all ages. It's not anything where it's a junior league thing. This is, this is an SHL thing, all ages, kids winning awards. Uh, he, he's ready to skip uh, Grand Rapids. He, he played over there last year. Uh, he, he's ready for the big. I mean, 
I, I could say he's ready for the big club. I, I think he's ready for the first pairing. Like, okay. it, it looks that good. Wow. So that that's your reason to be excited. Anybody who, who hasn't quite seen it yet, but Jonathan Berggren has also had a lot of success in the SHL. Um, the the scuttlebutt has been that he's on his way as well. He, he was uh, top 10 in points in the SHL. Uh, the, like, playmaker extraordinaire. Uh, it's just it's one of those things where when you look at the Red Wings roster, we you do have a clear goal scorer now in Jakob Verana. Like he he's what second in the league to yeah. uh, goals per sixty to Austin Matthews. Yeah, pretty good company to be <laughs> with. Hell yeah, hell, hell of a pickup uh, for Steve Eiserman, who who also brought in a bunch of draft picks. <laughs> yeah, Manta. but um, we need guys to pass. We need guys to pass to Verana. And uh, I, I think Berggren's another guy that can do it. As Zadina gets older, he gets more experience. Uh, those two actually look pretty good, both being Czech players. Uh, they already have their nickname, the Checkmates. Uh-huh. Um, and, and yeah, Moritz Sider coming in and getting to see him. So I, I couldn't be more excited uh, for this next season. But what's funny is I, I, you know, our first pick from the last draft, Lucas Raymond, I actually don't see him playing next year. So we have a whole other player to get excited for for the season after that. So uh, just fingers crossed that means we're bringing in Shane Wright and Luke Raymond the next year. So then we'll be ready for a Stanley Cup run. So let's turn that the other way and reason for Red Wings fans to be depressed. Oh, we are not making it to the playoffs next year. We're not going to sniff it again. Nope. Uh, Um, it might be another one of these things, like where I'm talking about we we finished. But I I can see this happening already. We finished the second half of the season at 500, right? We go into the next season. Maybe we start that at 500, uh, and then we're ta- Then we're having this conversation. That story is making it through headlines, and we're going, "Wow, the Red Wings have put together a full season." If we go the back half of that last one, the first half of this one, 500. But something's gonna fall off. Um, you get so many young players in the lineup, they're going to get tired. Even if they've been playing hockey their entire lives, the NHL is a different breed. So something like that's going to happen, and we're going to lose confidence a little bit. But I just, you know, it's, it's a different game for Red Wings fans right now, and it should be. Um, there's no reason to get too mad at coaches. Uh, we shouldn't expect wins. It's just you, you got to sit back. you got to be patient. That's that's the best way to do this. It may sound silly to keep telling people just eat the losses, but that's that's probably the long and short of it. You you ate wins. You ate free wins for over 25 years. There there there's the playoff streak, but there were a couple years before that it was still fun to watch the Red Wings. So, you know, you, you ate wins for so long, it's time to eat some crow, and uh, I think in the long run it'll be worth it. And I I, I couldn't predict 25 years of playoffs once we're coming around to try and be uh, Stanley Cup contenders, but uh, you certainly can feel it with what Steve Eiserman's building. That uh, it, it's a coming. So next season, be depressed because you're you're going to be looking at the draft prospects pretty early <laughs> next year too. But uh, hey, you know, if it turns around and and everything looks gravy next year. I'll be the first one apologizing. Excuse me. Uh, but uh, I don't see it happening. Quick bonus question and oh, uh, a good. quick quick answer with a, with this. Um, next season, 
you know, I know this will be uh, Eisenman's what third season, third season as GM. Uh oh my gosh, yeah. Okay, so we're coming into it. Yeah. Okay. Are we going to need to see results out of the youngins next season? Like, I there's there's a time of the developmental process where you need to start bearing fruit, and we're going to see this with hopefully our next team we get to down the line in the Anaheim Ducks. They really need guys like Raquel and Steele to start developing because they've had a few years in the NHL now. And with a coach that's from the AHL, are we going to – are the Detroit Red Wings getting to that territory or is it just another punt year? That is a fantastic question. And I think it – for some of the guys that we're looking at as like game changers, what's funny is they're the guys that I'm fine if they struggle next year. But there's there's names like Philip Zadina, who um, I, I respect uh, Jay Fresh quite a bit. If you guys have seen him uh, on social media, he's a funny guy. Yeah. He's he's been on our show. He uh, he has his player cards that he develops where you can great see stuff percentage wise where yep. everybody ranks. Right. Yeah. Uh, for Philip Zadina, he's a seven percent WAR, which means there's another ninety three percent of forwards that rank higher than Philip Zadina. That's so, not good. I think. Right. I think Sedina passed the eye test at moments, but you don't, you're not a 7% war because you, <laughs> you did great. He certainly has flashes. I just think a guy like Sedina is, has got one, since he's also not a Steve Eiserman draft pick, he's one of those guys that really has to either decide he's going to be primarily the, you know, that two way forward. Maybe he's not going to have high production numbers. But he could be reliable uh, in the in the bottom six, or the ice time. The, the as the skill level gets better in the top six, you know it, it's nice to see him shoot the puck. But eventually, we got to see the finishing numbers go up, and that's where, where he's really struggling. Um, so if those numbers go up, I think we're we're gravy. Like, let me let me step back. I think his name, Michael Rasmussen. Um, if Sveshnikov doesn't get picked up by the Kraken, like those are the names that, that need to show something. And it's mainly going to be for themselves uh, because nobody else really needs to show anything at that point. This is going to be, if you want to stay a part of the ICER plan, as we call it in Detroit, um, if you want to stick around for what we can clearly see is building into something special, at least with my <laughs> Red Wings rosy colored glasses on. Right. Uh, we see it's something special. If these guys want to stay a part of this thing, they've got to step it up. And I think Eiserman, uh, as much as he's willing to bring in other teams' first-round picks and have it turn into a long-term contract like it has with Robbie Fabry, uh, or at least two years, maybe more after this next season, uh, I, I think he's also going to be as willing uh, to drop these other first-round picks that haven't quite turned into quite panned out as of yet yeah i mean i mean Understood. we're not asking for a pluses we're asking for b minuses and when i point out you know zadina's at a seven percent uh michael rasmussen who i mentioned is actually at zero percent uh, uh it's just one of those things that you need them to not be that don't don't be an e right step it up you know right. guys on fourth lines across the league don't have to be an a plus but you got to be better than an e <laughs> all right <laughs> so yeah all right yeah, so yeah, I can kind of see that if you want to stick around for what Uncle Stevie's doing, you got to start showing Uncle Stevie something. I, I got gotcha. you. Exactly. So to Detroit, 
it's been a long season, and unfortunately, from what I hear out of you, it seems like more is on the way. But to the Detroit Red Wings, we say... Game over. All right, man. Thank you for coming on and giving me some uh, some time and our, our audience some um, insight to what's going on with the Red Wings. So Absolutely. in closing, I'm going to give you a minute or two to uh, pimp your podcast or product or whatever else you're working on. So, Matt, the board is thine. You know what? I don't even know if I said... Yeah, I don't know if I ever said my name. Matt, Red Wings rant... Um for the Hockey Podcast Network. Uh, we're just like the other uh, twice-weekly shows, Monday and Thursday. You can find us on YouTube as the Brothers of Discussion. Now, uh, that's a reference to our pro wrestling show. We hope you guys will check out. But uh, if you're still just into primarily Red Wings hockey, we just finished up an episode that is grading every Red Wings player this past season by a Little Caesars item. So you guys want to go check that out. That was a ton of fun. Uh, a little bit of an improv exercise, I believe, with my brother and I. So uh, go check that out, and uh, we'll have those episodes queued up on the podcast that you can find anywhere. Uh, those will be coming out in the next week uh, or so, and upcoming on Monday will be our discussion, uh, sort of fantasy booking, if I could take a wrestling term, yeah, and yeah. Uh, fantasy booking Jack Eichel uh, coming to okay. the Red Wings. Uh, uh, it, it, uh, it may involve a movement of jeff skinner as well so you guys want to figure out where we were going with that uh but yeah check that all out uh brothers of discussion on youtube red wings rant everywhere you guys uh, can find uh podcasts so d- before we do go so you just compared every detroit player to an item on the little caesar's menu did i hear that correctly Abs- absolutely yes it was um it was a test of stamina, and uh, how long can I go without, you know, calling up Little Caesars and getting something delivered? <laughs> I'm dying to know who got Italian cheesy bread. I am dying to know. But make sure, if you oh do want to know, if you do want to know, we're going to tease that so they can listen to your yeah. podcast to find out. We're not going to spoil it here. Go check out the Red Wings yeah. Rant podcast to find out. So, Matt, thank we you, man. Had, uh, show awesome man thank you very much thank you very much keep the faith out there in michigan uh enjoy enjoy whatever hockey's left because remember because remember how quickly it was taken away from us as well (laughs) but as red green set up there in canada keep your stick on the ice and we'll, we'll see you next time this is the grit and barrett podcast a podcast devoted to the 11-time Carter Cup champion, the Hershey Bears. We talk Hershey Bears, the American Hockey League, and all the hockey news that matters to me. This is high energy, unfiltered, and at times unfocused hockey talk from a hack. And now, on with the show. And we are back here on Game Over. And we're going to go to our second team here on the docket today. As you know, we've already been to Detroit, so we're going to head due south. We're going to go down to southern Ohio to a team that was founded in 2000. One of Gary Bettman's uh, expansion projects that has done rather well. They do not have a finals nor Stanley Cup to their name. They have the fifth line out there at Nationwide Arena, and they have a cannon. Ladies and gentlemen, 
I am talking about none other than the Columbus Blue Jackets. And joining me is Frank Walker of the Jackets Debrief, as we will talk all things Columbus. Frank, how you doing, man? Thank you for coming on. Oh, my pleasure. It's, uh, I'm doing well, doing well. I'm happy to be here and happy to, uh, you know, just share and kind of give everybody that snapshot of where we think Columbus is and hopefully where they're going. Well, that's exactly what we're here to do. So we are going to kick things off with the most obvious question. What happened, as the kids kids like to say, and did it all really start with the Pierre-Luc Dubois drama? Uh I wouldn't say it all started there. Uh, that was not helpful. When you go into a season thinking, oh, we've got our number one center, which Columbus has just for years been saying, you know, we need to get that number one, we need to get that number one. And then when you pretty much start the season with him saying he wants out of town, that's that's a tough, tough situation to try and overcome. Um, but it, it didn't just start there. Uh, I mean, if you haven't been watching this team closely – you know, you'd be over. I mean, essentially, for the last few years, each year the offense has gotten less and less effective. And I've talked about it on on Jackets debrief, but just the 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 expected goals uh, every year has just kind of gone lower and lower. Um, and so, when this year the offense couldn't get it going, it, it wasn't much of a surprise, especially when you started talking about you know Dubois leaves. But before that. Uh, Wenberg left, Ryan Murray left, you know, Ryan Murray was traded. Um, we traded uh, Nudavara. I mean, there was just, there was a lot of offseason movement um, done. Now we know more in, in this attempt to try and stave off if there'd been an offer sheet on Pierre-Luc Dubois. And it just, the team just never had time to gel, had never had time to get it, kind of figure out its, its way underneath this, underneath what had happened here. So it, there was, there was a lot of things that, that went wrong this season. Um, you throw in those new players, and then you have a coach that is not the most offensively minded. Um, yeah, yeah. Coach, so. Yeah, uh, one of the things that, uh, you know, Torts has always liked, those gritty, scruffy, underdog-type teams, and he had that for a couple years in Columbus before this most recent. So, um you know, thanks for giving that as well with, with Columbus as well. So um, we're going to jump ahead to the expansion draft, as I like to call when Cthulhu comes a-calling. Who do you think at Columbus is going to leave unprotected out there on the sidewalk for Seattle to come pick up? Well, so I've, I've gone through this a couple of times using using Cap Friendly's awesome tool, just trying to kind of figure it out. Um as far as on the, as far as out of forwards, I can see one guy who's been in Columbus a long time, um, Boone Jenner. I actually see him being exposed. Okay. And it wouldn't the one that wouldn't surprise me too that that might raise eyebrows around the NHL is I could see them leaving Gustav Nyquist exposed. Nyquist. Wow. Okay. Because yeah. um, when you start looking at at the team. There's guys that I'm – I mean, you start checking down the list, and the the surprise one that I think people will be surprised to see them protect will be Eric Robinson. Uh, it's a play – he's a player that in, in, in ways and when he's good, he's very reminiscent of Josh Anderson. Okay. Um, fast, bigger dude, 
can score, and it just seems to, he's one of those players who seems to have just taken a long time to kind of develop and get to where he his game to find his game. Um, so I can see them protecting him. Uh, on the defensive side, I I see probably I mean the the defensive group isn't nearly as deep as it was last year. So yeah, probably the best defender we'll leave open is Dean Kukin, um, which maybe Seattle takes him. Uh, my guess is. I don't, I don't, I mean, if, if, if we left Gustav Nyquist open, my guess is they would probably go that way, uh, as far as taking a, a player, but maybe they want a player like a Boone Jenner. I mean, Boone Jenner is one of those great in the room players who he would, I mean, he's a great fit. He'd be a great fit for that checking line for almost any team in the league. So, you know, I, out of the past couple teams I've had on here, I think, um, it, we a lot of them have been expected as i've, t- I've talked to uh buffalo new jersey i uh, just had detroit on um i think your i think columbus and this is kind of jumping back to the previous question i think columbus is probably the first genuine surprise to be down here this low i mean but hearing it from you did you kind of had a feeling it was going to be this way no um it just it wasn't the the thing that was surprising is how much the bottom fell out of it um that they didn't make the playoffs in that division it wasn't a surprise because that was it's a very tough division yeah i mean it's it's tough i mean there was kind of this okay we know carolina and, and the lightning are making it and then you had most people going into this season had you know then it was like okay well nashville dallas columbus and and florida were kind of in this group of four where people weren't sure out of those those four who was going to make it. And then pretty much everyone said Chicago and Detroit were at the bottom, but it, it just, everything fell apart for Columbus this year. Um, the, I mean, they couldn't score and they, they weren't able to hold together the defensive style of play. They do um, something that happened this year. That was, again, it, it's part of what happens when uh, you, you buy out a, player like alexander wenberg which i think that was kind of an under appreciated move around the league because he was such a strong defensive player for columbus um and then again they moved they removed an entire defensive uh pair when you talk about nudavara and murray murray played second pair when he did play and then nudavara was could play second pair can play third pair uh, defensive minutes but it, they weren't holding up the the defensive style of play wasn't wasn't holding up as well and and I think part of it, too, um, I think that uh, Corpusalo just wasn't as good as people were expecting. I think he had one of his, when you look at how some of the advanced metrics work on things, I think he had one of his worst years he's had. So when you can't score and your defense isn't good and your goalie's <laughs> not playing well, I mean, it, it, what nothing's going right. So I, It's like yeah, coming can, up all zeros on, on a slot machine. Offense, nothing. Defense, yeah. nothing goalies nothing none, yeah none. and it's and it's and it's it was it was part of where it was so frustrating for columbus fans going through this season is the there's still a lot of players on this team that were that are considered kind of those those core pieces and just nothing nothing seemed to be working so all right so let's move on to uh the the draft as well in mid mid to late june um um, who do you feel like Columbus is going to go after? 
Um, you know, again, with the other teams I've talked about, it's been pretty obvious, but, you know, who do you see the Blue Jackets drafting or, or leaning toward? So uh, I'll, I'll say all this with this bit. I'll probably just say who I would want them to pick, depending on where that, that pick falls in the lottery, because after last year's draft where Yarmo picked a player and everyone was just looking at each other, having no idea who it was, <laughs> trying to guess who Yarmo Kekalainen is going to pick is, is not, a, not a good game. But um, if, it was, if I had my choice, even if they were as high as probably first overall, yeah. uh, the center out of Michigan, uh, I think is Matthew Berniers. Yeah, uh, the last name like was yes. Yeah. Um, from what I'm seeing, they, most of the scouting reports are that he's just – they think he's a good all-around player. Um, they think long-term he's going to slot in to be a, a good like second-line center. And that would be – that's just something the Blue Jackets need. They, the center depth is something they need. And so if they're drafting – if they get that high pick, maybe they go there. I mean, the furthest I think they can drop is, I think – they didn't go all the way down to six because I think they're fifth, fourth in the odds, or right, fourth or fifth in the odds. And then yeah, Seattle's yeah, yeah. You guys finished around. Um, I think like I think at least where I had you in the game over, you were around uh, fifth. Yeah. Um, so I, it, it's still that 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 bottom five. I mean, you could yeah. get one or two. Um, a bit of a bonus question: Could you see like let's say you guys get like between like the fifth to tenth? Um, could you see Columbus trading out of that top 10 to try and stockpile more draft picks? I don't see them doing it to stockpile more picks, but I will. I would put it at even money that they trade that top pick if they think they can land um, one of the centers that, that might be out there on the market. Uh, even if, I mean, something that, I, something that I've been playing around with as an idea, and... Um, I, I mean, this is, you know, it's a fool's errand to guess at it, but I can see Columbus going really hard in on the Jack Eichel sweepstakes, depending on what Buffalo wants. So it, I, I would not be surprised to see Columbus send all three of those first round picks if they have to. Ooh. Um, Yarmo is one of the things, this is something that I think about Yarmo Kekalan. I think he's one of the more underrated GMs in the National Hockey League. And if he thinks he can do, do something with a big swing, he I think will. he'll go um, so if he thinks he can get a deal on the table that Buffalo will do, yeah, I could see Columbus not having a first round pick this year if they think they can land a player like Eichel. So interesting, Eichel to Columbus, very interesting as well. Um, so before we get into it, throwing in uh, another question as well, since we're doing really good on time wise, does Line a stick around? Uh. I think it depends on the number uh, as far as the cap. Um, if Columbus likes what number he's willing to sign for as far as in cap space. Uh, Columbus, again, not sure. I think there's some thoughts around the league that, that people have that it's like, oh, this is a team that won't, you know, oh, they don't, they're not going to cap out or anything. That's not going to – I don't think that's an issue. They're, they, they, they're willing to sign people to get up, to, you know, to spend anything they need to hit the cap number. That's fine. Um I think it'll be if, if Yarmo want, thinks it fits in what his long-term plan is. Because uh, a good example was a couple years ago when Bobrovsky left. Bobrovsky didn't leave because he wasn't uh, – because he you know he didn't like it or whatnot. Columbus just wasn't going to give him $10 million a year um, on, a, on a big, long deal. That just wasn't going to happen. 
Line A, I think Line A's happy here. He said as much. He stayed in Columbus after the postseason, after the season was over to work out, to try and – he wanted to work with the Blue Jackets strength coaches for a few days – or for a few weeks to kind of get an idea of what they want him to do to bulk up for next season. Um, honestly, if the number's in the, the ballpark that Yarmo wants, yeah, I could see Line A signing a long-term deal. Uh, so I, it's just going to depend on – you know, if in Yarmo's mind he thinks, okay, what he's worth and where he fits in our cap is, you know, somewhere between seven and nine million. If the line A comes in saying I want eleven, eh, you know, of course, I don't, after this last season, I don't think line A wants to come in saying. I think line A wants to play out next season. Or is he in? Is he in uh, RFA this year? Yeah, so he has to sign another deal. Um, I don't. It depends on what line he's going to come in at. Because after this last season, the way he talked uh, about how disappointed he was in his own game this season, it's going to be interesting to see if line is saying, you know, if his camp tries to argue, well, no, look at all the seasons before this one. That's what he should be getting paid, and as opposed to saying, well, yeah, but we've got to kind of hedge our bets here because if what we saw last year is what he is, you know, you can't pay a player like that nine, ten million dollars a year. So. It'll be an issue of, of what that number is, but I think as far as him wanting to stay and all that, that that won't be an issue. It's it's just if Columbus thinks he's worth the money, which is going to depend on what his asking number is. And I guess that's just some. It seems like that's something we'll just deal with down down the line. So heading, we're going to turn our attention to October. And can you give Blue Jackets fans a reason to be optimistic heading into next season? Uh, for next season um the reason to be optimistic is kind of what i managed before we we have a general manager who is going to go out and try and address things um he will go take big swings uh last year between it being a flat cap you know the flat cap and having to navigate the the pierre-luc dubois situation um that's why i think you didn't see the blue jackets going and, and you know going big game hunting as far as trying to get any big time free agents or anything thing this offseason if you're looking for reasons to be optimistic about what you think you're going to see in october i think in it i think your armo knows that he has to go out and get somebody that adds a wow factor to this team for two reasons one he wants to win two he is trying to convince seth jones that he can win long term in columbus um I, i think that's the biggest concern right now is doing that so that's where i've got this idea they are that i think they're going to go after either a jack eichel or um some of the other you know centers that might be out there they if if they can't land eichel they may go big money at ryan Nugent hopkins they might go after philip Deneau. they might do uh i know there's talk about uh, potential trades out of san jose for uh tomas hurdle I, I could see i i see yarmo going after something i would not be surprised to see him get two centers by the end of the summer just because he, I think he knows this is the summer that he has to try and convince, you know, the big star on his team that's about to go that could that's about to go UFA and to kind of show the league that Columbus it want you know wants to win here. So that those are my reasons for for optimism there. All right, I mean it does sound like the Blue Jackets are going big game hunting this off season. This off season, always love it when teams do that. So let's turn things around the other way reasons to be depressed heading into going for next season 
Okay, so it, it's very much kind of the inverse of, of what it just was. If for some reason, when they go after any of these centers, go after uh, any of that, if this this is this is what I'll say. If we get to the draft and Columbus makes all three of those first round picks, then in my head I'll be saying, okay, we're in for a year or two of you know, maybe maybe a year, two years, three years of kind of a rebuild. Um, because those three draft those three first rounders are the best trade capital that this team's had in a while. And if they either don't and I guess they could make all three trades and still land somebody in free agency, but if they don't make one of those big deals, then I then if Jones leaves then we're going into essentially a kind of a rebuild. And if they don't make a big deal before the start of next season I would fully expect Seth Jones to say, okay, then, you know, I'm not going to sign on to a team for another five, six, eight years if we're not built to start trying to win cups. Um, so, yeah, if you don't see a big a big signing or, or a trade or something over the offseason, expect to kind of nestle in for a little bit of a rebuild here. So, and again, just building on that, it's an all-or-nothing offseason. So now, like, from what you're saying – now, I, I actually really want to pay attention to what the Blue Jackets are doing this offseason. This could be very, very interesting for the team that wears blue, white, and red. So, Columbus, uh, we hate to say this to you, and it's so early we've done this. So, to you, we say... Betfred has come all the way from England to the great state of Iowa with over 50 years of sports betting experience. Fred is known in the UK for three things, customer service, bonuses, and delivering the best overall experience to players. Need more? Download the Betfred Sports app today and receive up to $250 in free bets when signing up. No emperors, no movie stars, just a sports book you can trust. Download today. Proud partner of the Iowa Wild and Iowa Cubs. Must be 21 plus. Wagers only accepted in Iowa. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-BETS-OFF. All right. That was those for, of course, the Columbus Blue Jackets. And thank you for Jackets Debrief for coming on. And uh, before we go, we just I just want to give you a minute or two to uh, promote your podcast or any other project you're working on for the next minute or two. So, Frank, the board is thine. Uh, yeah, so just check out Jackets Debrief. It is anywhere you get podcasts. Uh, search for it there. Um other than that, I you know I joke around a lot on Twitter, so that's fun. So follow <laughs> me there at Jackets Debrief and joke about things, have a good time, and uh, hopefully we see some some better hockey out of the team next year. And I can definitely verify that Frank is a good follow there on Twitter as well. Thank you so much for your time, man. I appreciate it, and to everyone, you know, tune in next time when we should have a little West Coast swing here on Game Over, as Red Green once said. Keep your stick on the ice, and we'll catch everyone next time. Betfred has come all the way from England to the great state of Iowa with over 50 years of sports betting experience. Fred is known in the UK for three things, customer service, bonuses, and delivering the best overall experience to players. Need more? Download the Betfred Sports app today and receive up to $250 in free bets when signing up. No emperors, no movie stars, just a sports book you can trust. Download today. Proud partner of the Iowa Wild and Iowa Cubs. Must be 21 plus. Wagers only accepted in Iowa. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-BETS-OFF.